0: Hello there, and welcome to The Player's Voice, a podcast brought to you by the Gaelic Players Association in collaboration with Real Talks. My name is Alan O'Mara, a former Cavan goalkeeper now working as a performance and wellbeing consultant. During this series, I'm going to take you inside the minds of some of Ireland's most inspiring inter-county GA players as we talk about life both on and off the field. I am delighted to be joined by Kay Keeney, who was called up to the Donegal seniors at 15 years of age after experiencing All-Iron minor success and then became a key leader in the squad that dominated Ulster in recent times. In 2022, a new adventure across the Atlantic awaits where Kate will be working as a sports scientist with the USA's international soccer teams. We discuss her excitement for this incredible opportunity and how much she has already enjoyed supporting elite teams around the world. She also shares how concussion significantly impacted her day-to-day life, and how participating in the GPA's Madden Leadership Program had a transformational impact on her as a person. This podcast is brought to you as part of Bio Three Sixty, a GPA program that empowers intercounty players across four key areas: life skills, well-being, dual career, and transitions. Please go to www yo360.gaelicplayers.com to learn more. But for now, please sit back, relax and enjoy The Player's Voice with Kate Keeney. What's it been like wearing the Donegal jersey over, over all those years? And was it always an ambition of yours?
1: I would have started probably, to go back to my club Um four masters here in Donegal Town and probably a typical enough story just tagged along with my older brother. There's 18 months in the difference. I'd say I was four or five and just went to training and probably my biggest, earliest memory would that be winning the parish League. Um, I was captain. I was... (laughs) I was so small, they had to put me on a table to present the cup, but um, got bragging rights over my brother and my mum was manager of his team. So, um, yeah, I guess, like, if I look back, um, of course you want to play with Donegal. I was lucky enough, I suppose, the next big thing that really hit home that I was just like, I want to play with Donegal was, I got, I was lucky enough to play at half time in the Junior All-Ireland, I think it was 2001 and uh, Donna Dunyan, I remember great stalwart of the club here, and someone I've looked up to hugely um, since I was young. Um, I remember her sitting before school and the phone rang, and I answered it, and it was her, and I was a bit in shock. And then Mum, she wanted to speak to Mum, and um, I remember her ringing and asking to see if I could, pl- if I wanted to play at half time in Croke Park, and I remember just. I remember the day still of the jersey. I think it just about fits me now. But that was probably my first indication to be like, geez, like guy, this is what I want to do. Like I want to play. I was just always football mad. And then I remember when I was eleven, I wanted to go to under 14 county trials. Maybe I was 10. And I remember crying to my mum, like, why she wouldn't let me go. But I was too young at the stage, to be honest. And then the following year I was let go. So it must have been maybe 11 or 12. And then I'd say this is probably the first year that I haven't played or will play with Donegal since I'd say I was 11, um, which I suppose you never really look back and reflect it, but it's um, I've had unbelievable... It's all my memories growing up was with Donegal and going on a bus on Saturday morning and just the crack and see some of the girls... Um, that I played with since I was eleven, twelve. Like they're some of my best friends, and I was very fortunate that we had huge success underage with Donegal. And yeah, as we said, like the crack and the stories, we still talk about it. Uh, the I think we'll hold on to that minor All Ireland in two thousand and nine. Uh, that will be just it was just unbelievable to probably finally get across the line and win. But yeah, like so many good memories, and then. I suppose, from a senior point of view, I was lucky enough, the first year I came in, I was only 15 and we were coming off the back of winning the minor All-Ireland and uh, we had lost the under-16 one. There was a few of us that used to play in Ulster under-16 and then we'd go out and play the minor straight after the game. There was was maybe four or five of us and... um, I remember Micheál Nocton was the manager who's the LGFA president now. He was at Donegal and he asked me and a few like Neve McLaughlin and Geraldine McLaughlin um, to come into the squad for the intermediate. And you just talk about like Dreamland a bit like you were playing with the likes Marietta Vennie, Diane Toner, um, probably forgetting ones now, um, Yvonne McMunigal, Karen Guthrie, all them ones like and... Yeah, we won We won everything that year. We won Division 2, we won Ulster Intermediate and we won the All-Ireland. And it was just, got to play in Croke Park. It came on maybe the last five minutes. I think i just turned 16 and I was in dreamland. I was just like, Jesus. But um, I guess then <laughs> the next couple of years we got into senior and I don't think we were as successful. Um, There's a bit of a ma- mass exodus and... Um, but then, definitely, within the last the last five or six years, um, we've we've had we've been very successful. I guess at Ulster, um, probably not ne- haven't fulfilled our p- potential even at an All Ireland level. Um, but yeah, when you look back, I suppose you have to be very grateful of the cr- career. Um, I'm not finished by the way. I'm just taking a wee break, maybe so. <laughs>
0: And then I suppose if you had told a like sixteen year old you at that point the kind of ups and downs that were going to come your way, and we'll touch upon some of the kind of the, the challenges that you've gone through in a moment. But I suppose staying with the kind of highlights to be part of then a team who are part of a group that went from w- to win three Ulster senior titles in a row, which I'm sure raised the profile of a football in the county in Donegal and put the name kind of wider around the country as a force at that level. Um, what was that? what was that part of your career like in terms of you're older at that point and you're much more, I'm sure you're more of a leader in the group and have had more experience. So what what was that time like?
1: If I had to take any advice from my 16-year-old self is to just be absolute fearless. I think the more you get older, you probably, you put an awful lot of pressure on yourself. Um, And I guess I've had my fair share of injuries and, you know, I'm not going to lie, I did put huge pressure on myself to get back like I wanted to be playing. Do you know, that fearlessness and just go out and absolutely enjoy it and just make the most of it because that's when you'll play your best. Um, Probably the Ulster title that meant the most to me was the first one. I had been out with concussion and I actually, I remember coming back and working I worked my arse off to get back into the team and played the whole game and was really proud of myself like I was because I'd been out for so long and such a hard team to get into and yeah like I remember just that final whistle and just finally finally getting across the line because we spoke there about we we were very successful at underage but like we had many dark days with Donegal as in like, I remember like we got hammered by the likes of Monaghan. Um, I remember we went down, got absolutely annihilated by Cork one year. It was on TV. It was embarrassing. Like, um, I think one of the big things with Donegal is like no one, it's a better now, obviously with LYAT and like the funding that's gone in there and the opportunities they offer. Um, do you know people in the area, but like back when I was going to college, like, do you know, you're going to Dublin or you're going to um Galway or I went to Limerick and we were basically just meeting on a Saturday and training and going out and playing a league game on a Sunday because our whole team was in college. And then I suppose the year was a twenty eighteen, like we got beat by Cork in the semi final. That was another very proud Moment, I suppose I came back from my ACL and hadn't played uh, much football and I came back and I played in that game Um played the majority of the game again was proud of myself but ultimately we didn't get across the line and that that's probably if there was one year where like we were so close it was that year um, 2018 um, we were we got beat by cork, I actually don't know what was in it, um but like I think that was probably yeah that I think that was probably our our best chance of of going on um to win in all Ireland.
0: Talk to me a little bit about the concussion n k kind of how did that happen, and what was the kind of immediate impact of that in the in the hours and and kind of days afterwards,
1: so like I remember. Uh, I remember we played Dublin a friendly above in Belfast in Queens. And it was literally like the last uh, maybe five minutes or three minutes of the game. And I just went up to catch a ball and someone just went to break it and sort of caught me behind near the back of the head. And I like I wa and I just like I fell then on the side of my head. But like, I, w- I don't even think I was knocked out. Like um. And if I was, it was very briefly felt. But I ended up getting sick like afterwards um, when I got back to Donegal or whatever. But like, it just wasn't heard about. Like you just, like it just wasn't heard about. And um, then anyway, I went back to UL uh, in Limerick and I was remember sitting in the library, might've been a day or two later. And I just remember like, the whole side of my face sort of went like numb and my eye and like I was just like just felt completely out of it. And I was like, I didn't know what was happening and went to the I was I was in the library I was lucky enough. I don't know. There must have been exams coming up if I was in the <laughs> library. Uh, I was lucky enough the doctor, like I don't know, I must have went to the doctor and they said I had to go to the hospital Sure, I was sitting in the hospital for about 24 hours and they gave me a few panadol. They took a CT scan or something, but like nothing was done or came of it. And then, like, not even like, I don't know, like there was just, it was just like, oh, here's a few panadol, away you go, sort of thing. Um. then I just remember I went maybe back into lectures, just so tired, like no energy, like just wasn't myself. And I remember, like, I went back into a lecture and I remember, like, he was talking, I was trying to write the screen and I, like, I just couldn't function. And I remember just getting up and leaving. And then, again, just sort of took it easy. And I remember then, like, just see being around, like, a lot of people in a house and, like, people, loads of people talking. So then it just really aggravated me. I then went back to my brother, Luke was in with the men's team. Um, and I went to see Kevin Moran, Dr. Kevin Moran was the doctor for years with Donegal Men and went to see him in Letterkenny. And he did a few tests on me and he sat me down and he was just like, uh, I was just like, well, how am I sort of thing? He said, well, you may as well have put it this way. Your balance is like you've had about 10 pints of Guinness. And I was like, right, Jesus. I was like, I just, I didn't really know. He said that I have to do complete cold turkey from everything, no screen, no laptop, the usual. Um, And then he said, come back to me in a week or 10 days and we'll see how you are then. And then he, in fairness, went back to him and I had improved, but he said like, you're going to have to be really gradual with this. So then he was just like, you know, introductory, like maybe one hour on the phone, do you know, like the the usual. And then like, I tried to go back to UL and I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't sit in a lecture and like, I just couldn't. And I like, I, I couldn't even explain it. So I ended up having to drop out of college. I took the decision um, in fairness he was brilliant and I just couldn't it was my final year in UL so I, co- I couldn't I could Um, I obviously wanted to do a good grade and everything but like it was just affecting everything, my mood everything, I was so frustrated with myself, i never heard of like anyone having this I was just like how is this happening like I just it was just confusion and I guess like you were just very much left to your own accord and I moved back here to Donegal, had no income, no job, nothing. uh, Didn't really know what I was doing, but like literally just the days kept passing by. Like, And I just wasn't really getting any better. Like just the amount of energy it would take you. It's really weird because I've probably you're probably one of the first people I've actually said a lot of this. to. So, um, yeah, like I just thought it was just really difficult because looking back now, I suppose, like, it was just the unknown. Like, you didn't have a visible injury. And, like, the way it is, is, like, in the best way possible, in the nicest way possible. Like, when you're in a team and you don't have a physical injury, like, or a time frame, it's like, you know, you, you have nothing to look towards. Like, and people... I went to a few trainings here and there, but I found it too difficult, if I'm honest. And I was very lucky with the manager I had and Davey McLaughlin. I have a great relationship with him that like he's so understanding. He's literally like a father figure to me. Um, So I was very lucky with that. And the same with UL, Fiona McHale and DJ Collins. Like I was heartbroken. Like obviously UL came first because the competition came first, but we were going we'd won the O'Connor Cup the year before and similar, it would probably be one of my fondest like memories. And then this, the second year we were going for two in a row and like it was meant to be my final year and like lived with the load of the girls on the team. Um, and I couldn't play that, like obviously, but I was lucky, like all like Fiona McHale and DJ asked me to sort of come in as part of the backroom team or just to keep me involved you know when that meant so much uh they used to ring me like at least once a week just checking in how i am um like so i have to say like they were unbelievable but yeah it was it was a really really difficult time um finally started making a b- bit of progress i went to santry to see in a falvey the he's the irish shrubby doctor at the time and just started from scratch like i uh, was doing sort of like eye tracking exercises um Like my exercise rehab was like 15 minute walk, 20 minute walk, have Jenny like, you know, pre and post symptoms, how are you feeling? And at least with that, at the start, you were saying, oh, Jesus, am I ever going to get back? Like my rehab is walking here. So um, but in fairness, it did progress. And then I did find find that. Once I got back in it, back in around the girls, like that structure, when you see, I suppose the end is coming in sight. And then I have to say, I didn't have really any fear going back in at the start. Do you know, like I was just like ready to get back in. And then you would get an odd bang here and there. Or like there's been, do you know, since like in the, but you would, you would sort of, you'd be a bit weary because I think, you obviously remember back what it was like, you know, but I've been touchwood. I've been lucky enough. I've had a few bangs since, but uh, nothing really. I had one this year that scared me a wee bit, but um, like touch wood. like I was out for like 10 days. And I think obviously you're aware of the protocols and like the return to phase and just listen to your body and, you're older now, so you're just like no, nah, like this is what I'm doing, and you know because it was it was during club, so I was just like to the manager, like no, nah, I've had too much, I've had history with this, so this is what I'm doing this day, and this is what I'm doing this day. I was like, I'll be I'll be ready when I'm ready. So I suppose and that's the long the long gist of it, but yeah, it was it was very tough, like hugely lonely, um, hugely lonely. Like I suppose. Like, just there going on to the, like, the GPA and, like, the services they offer. Like, I probably didn't really know they existed and stuff. But, like, if if it happened to me later, like, I would hugely reach out to them because it's, like, no one should have to go through that there alone or without help. Or it's just, it's just, yeah, it's hugely lonely, Do you know, Um and then, actually, one of the girls on the Donegal team, something similar happened, was it three or four years ago, when, like, she was the same as me. Like, she literally, she did, like, <coughs> quit her job or take leave. And I suppose, like, I was I was able to help her a wee bit to be like, do you know what, like, this is, like, I was the same. Whereas, like when I happened, like I didn't hear of anyone that it was the same, whereas now, like, you know, when she came back flying as well, but it, I think it's because it's not a physical injury. It'd nearly be easier if it was, if that makes sense.
0: No, totally. And that's what, what I was just going to ask you about. Like when you go back to the kind of the earlier phase of experience and that like, um, like you get something that like, what which, which sounds like it was a pretty innocuous knock to the head and you fall to the ground, but then like within days and kind of for weeks afterwards, you're, from what you described, like your cognitive capacity is down, you're experiencing like extreme fatigue, can't socialize or like be around like noisy environments because it's just going to like trigger you. Or you said your exercise threshold has come right down. So there's loads of stuff going on there that, I know say we've talked about fearlessness once or twice, but in that earlier phase, did it it scare you in any way?
1: The thing I hated about it was like you were literally... I know this might sound weird, but you were just existing. Like I knew I was like a shell of myself, like, and that was like I hated not like not not being able to have the crack, but I hated not being able to be me. Um, like I remember going up and uh, to Dublin. It was first round of O'Connor Cup, and it was DCU UL, and it was just like. They were our arch rivals, like some unbelievable games. And I remember, like, I, I was shouting a bit in the pitch and, like, just animated, like, do you know, on the sidelines, sorry. But, like, five minutes, I had to sit down and I was just like, this is, I can't, do you know, um, was I scared? I probably, like, there was probably a time that I was just like, I just want to be back to normal. Like, I wasn't probably looking back to play sport, like I obviously was in the long term and like, but at, for a certain, like for so long, I just wanted to be back to normal. Um, That was probably the hardest. Like I just wanted to be back to Kate. Like that was probably the hardest part of it. Um, I don't know if I would say, like, I probably was scared. I could say my mother was scared, like, um, because like I'd say... They could tell I was more not myself than me, do you know? But, like, I rem- remember, like, lying in bed some nights and, like, my head was lifting. Like, I mean, lifting. And I remember just crying because I actually couldn't sleep. Like, and at that stage, I remember it clearly. I was out in my dad's house and... I remember that was probably one of the few nights that I lay awake and I was just like, what is wrong? Like, what is going on? Because I actually didn't. This was before I went to Santry and stuff. But like, that was probably, I was just like, yeah, that was probably like the the highest point of, yeah, what's going on here? Um, But yeah, that was sort of the concussion
0: (laughs) yeah no it's like and thank you for sharing all that Kate because I know like with concussion it's certainly something that thankfully a lot more research has been done and like team doctors physios are far more aware of it now and obviously that has a knock-on effect to team managers and to team players but like the kind of a couple of the things you said there like so like a a concussion is like like a brain injury um it's obviously that makes that means it's hidden as you said and you alluded to a number of times Um, which makes it really hard to kind of understand or for people to kind of empathize makes it harder for people to maybe empathize or, or understand what's happening. Um and I suppose with that, I suppose with the sense of the of the unknown then and it being a hidden injury, like did you find that brings up more swirls of like a guilt or a shame or a frustration because like you can't fully explain or fully grasp a what's happening and then get other people to understand it? And then on top of that, as you said, you're not feeling yourself in terms of your energy, your charm, your humour, and then you can't go and exercise, which is probably one of the things you usually would have done to kind of blow off steam, to relax, to be around people. And you mentioned the word lonely earlier. So I feel like in terms of this conversation, like if anyone's listening from any intercounty players or regular athletes that are have experienced this, that it is, it's, it's something that a, there's a lot more awareness now, but we're still trying to do a lot more around understanding and I hope a conversation like this can help.
1: Yeah, um, when you say there, like first and foremost, like I, again, can't reiterate like how good like the likes, because the two teams I was sort of involved with were Donegal and UL and like the girls were great. But like, um yeah, like you were spending the most of the days here by yourself. Like I don't even think we had a dog at the time, so it wasn't even like... They'd keep you company, but it was just like I was very much like I meant to be graduating with my class here. Like, do you know? And like, it, it, it was it was definitely like it is it is lonely. And I do think now there is so much more awareness of it. And do you know? It is it is so important to to go by the protocols and everything because I think the thing was for me back then. It was like, you had heard of it, but like, I was like, the bang wasn't even that hard. Like, I don't even know if I was knocked out, like how, like people have had concussions and like, I'm not saying like, but I know some people's reaction would have been like, Oh jeez, like, when is this one going to be back? Like, do you know, uh, like she got a, like a bang and she's sure I got a, do you know, and like, I'm not saying people directly said that, but like you're, your mind just goes into overload. And as you said there, the one thing you love doing to escape things, go out like for a run or to play football or whatever. And especially like looking back there, like I'm not joking you, like my whole life revolved around football, like everything. Like, I mean, like at that stage, like UL, like I wanted like, we had such a good squad and thing down there. Like everything was geared to O'Connor Cup. Like everything was geared to O'Connor Cup. Uh, What I was doing after college, didn't know. I'll figure it out after O'Connor Cup, like everything. And like, it was probably a time that I was like, she's like, what, like, what else do you know? Are you meant to do or what else is there to do? Like I wasn't working, so I had no income, Do you know, like I was very lucky like obviously I was at home here but yeah like it was there was obviously guilt but there was also just like a lot of questioning yourself um just wanting to be back included like back included in the team back included in going to training the crack like you know just the buzz like you were you were like even just do you know there that day I said like going to Dublin like it absolutely took it out of me so much like do you know when I was remember I think I must have got the train back to maybe Sligo or something but I remember you swear I had ran two marathons like I'm not joking but then like you saw progress and do you know I remember having like a laser like a headband with a laser attached to my forehead and there was targets on the wall and you were sort of like this is what am (laughs) I doing here like but you saw progress, you know, when you had neck bands and stuff like that. And with any uh, player, you know, give like at least then when it's the stage when you actually can't really do anything, then you start doing rehab and you're like, right, I'm progressing here. And like like that kept like a bit of a journal and, you know, I was progressing. And then, do you know, I remember like I remember that there stage. And then I remember like once I got back running and stuff, I think it happened quite quick. Like, I think I was lucky enough that I returned quite cr- quick in that sense. Um, well, when I say quick, like I was out for about six months, so <laughs> it probably wasn't quick in that. But like, I mean, when I was back on the grass and on the pitch, like I sort of felt that, but I can't really remember. I just, I can't really remember when I came back into the team. Do you know that sort of way? Like I, like matches wise, I don't know what, like my first match was like, I can't really remember. But um, yeah, but like then you talk about the other side of it, like winning Ulster, first time in the con- county's history, like a packed cloness, and rain day. We beat Monaghan, who we obviously had gotten beat by so many times. Like they were the pinnacle in Ulster for so long. You were chasing them. Like it was just, you sort of <laughs> forgot about everything like that there it was just hugely it was class like um yeah I
0: think what I'll do is at the end of the podcast I'll put in like a a call a call to action where people can go to find out more from one of the from one of the like the organizations that has like proper information I know you're obviously just talking about a personal experience of a of a brain injury and as I said to you at the beginning I for sure like I had two concussions in a year um, so i can empathize and relate to a lot of of what you've talked about there that sense of your energy gone not being able to concentrate that eating in at your self-worth feeling some guilt i think one of the biggest steps in the process is like getting like a diagnosis and someone just saying okay you are concussed and then kind of here's some protocols now and we're going to go slowly because it makes it easier to kind of respond to it. but then at the same time i nearly laughed and you said it there i remember i was on it for like I think was put on a treadmill to walk. And after 12 minutes, I start getting like a headache and a migraine. And I was like, "The guy used to play in front of thousands of people. Like, I can't walk for 12 minutes. And it really like, know, you yeah. nearly, even though you're on the recovery path, then you're nearly getting mad at yourself. And then that whole cycle starts again, you know. Um, yeah. But I suppose as I kind of wrap up that part of it, what it, I suppose what I was going to ask you was, what advice would you give to a player who maybe feels like they, they, could have been concussed or are worried about that they were concussed kind of what advice would you give to them in terms of taking the next steps and trying to do the right thing with it
1: um well like firstly like I remember a doctor and she's a good friend of mine is uh you've only one brain so just look after it like she just said um and like I think there is so many protocols and you've got the SCAD exam and there is so much awareness out there. Um, and there is like return to play p- protocols, but like, it's so important to treat it as like an injury, like, because like if where like the information we have now and like, there definitely still can be more that can be done, but like, just like you do it, like be diligent because a lot of the time you're probably, yeah, you can see like a doctor, um, this, but like you have, like you're in charge of like your own body. Like, and I know that's pretty cliche, but like you're going to suffer if you don't. And just like, just be true as into the fact that like, listen to your body and how it's responding. And it is normal. Like these, like, concussion is an injury and like it, it's important to like do the right steps and protocols and uh, because otherwise I think it's very clear even what you were saying that you've got it like if you don't you're just going to suffer and you're going to suffer in day-to-day life you know the way you're functioning and stuff so I would just say like there's so much information returned to play protocols and taking it easy and like do like just listen to your body, I would probably say is the big is the big thing. Um listen to your body, get advice and treat it as a proper injury. Like um but it's it also yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is, and it's like we're in a far better place now, and there still can be loads to be done, and it's that usual, like I'm not saying so much now, but I think it would be quite difficult for like a club player if they got it. Um, because like some of the like some of the clubs, you know, obviously I'm, I'm I'm speaking general here, but like some of the clubs, you don't have a doctor, and like it's probably quite stereotypical, ah, like GA, do you know, and like I'll be honest, I got a bang there in a club match, and I should have came off like this year, and. I didn't, it sort of played on and I may as well have been sitting above in the stand because I was absolutely useless and I was, do you know, I wasn't knocked out or anything but I got a clatter and I suffered after it like, um, and I should have came off Um, and you're annoyed at yourself then after because you're out then for about two weeks and listen, I was lucky enough that I did all the return to play protocols and like I said, like, you know, have good, have good, like uh, had a good doctor and stuff. Um, But like, it's it is hard. Like it is hard because like I'm after saying to you preaching, and I know myself. Like I'm, <laughs> I probably should have came off then and there. And why didn't you? We were playing our arch rivals, like in Belfast, and probably just I was afraid I was going to let the team down. To be honest mm. with you, Um like. And it was after I was really, really, really annoyed at myself because I that worry does creep in. Like I remember I, had to, I, slept, I slept for nearly like two full days. Um, like I was like, not that I was I wasn't scared that it would go back to normal or different like before. Because I had a really like like I knew the doctor was sort of looking after me like she wasn't at the game or anything. But like. She, like she was very like diligent and was very like you're so important and like you've had history like this is really important that you do this do you know, um, but again it was probably like I was afraid of letting the team down um that would probably be the honest but I was so annoyed at myself after like so annoyed and I do you know I was it took me a while to get over that and then to return to play and like I think like uh, I. I played with a breed up in Belfast like the last three years. So like I was just very much like I've had this before. Like I'll be back when I'm back. This is the return to play stuff. And the girls in fairness were I like they were 100% in the management. But I just had to be very much like this is what I have to do. do you know? Because it was the middle of championship. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's it is hard. Like it is because you think Sometimes you think, oh, it's grand. Like, as in, like, I could have just got a bang and you might not have any side effects, you know. But I knew that they, I should have came off. Um, and if I'm honest, I'd say now if, yeah. Like, so, I don't know. It's 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 hard. It's hard when you're in the thick of it because sometimes you just think, oh, I'll be grand. Sure. But, yeah.
0: That's why I asked the question because I know, like, I did the exact same thing too. Like, I took a shot to the face um didn't feel right went to take a kick out and kind of my balance was gone felt like I was falling over as kicking the ball yeah then another ball came in and I dropped it and I was like I was still trying to play on shake it off but I feel like the the, the important point is like you can't it, someone above the athlete should make the decision there if there's any doubt you know be the coach or the physio obviously it comes down yeah. to resources and and who is is at games but I feel like the, the less we get of that the the better we'll all be um
1: yeah. and that
0: obviously hopefully this conversation that we've had around it just can help in terms of awareness if it's people trying to inform themselves and then always just earn on the side of caution with an individual I mean you said the words from a friend there that we all only have one brain you know um and, yeah. and we've got and we've got to mind it but thanks for all your, your honesty on that I mean it's a difficult thing and it sounds like it was very difficult and challenging part of your life too Kate you know moving on next what I wanted to talk to you about was I know you have come through and experienced the the GPA's Madden Leadership Programme I suppose for anyone listening that doesn't know what that is hasn't heard of it before could you tell us a little bit of what what the program is and why you signed up for it
1: um yeah much more happier times um no so the the gym Madden the leadership program I guess I get why I applied for it like my Brother and a few of the Donegal girls had done it and they absolutely were raving about it. Like they couldn't recommend it enough. Um, And why I applied for it is it's probably at a point or stage in my sort of life career, I guess, that I needed to do something. Not that I needed. I wanted to do something to invest in myself outside of sport. Like I think as I said, there's like for so long, like sport, like not like sport, because obviously my job is in sport, but like, like everything was like, I felt defined by playing football. Um, And a lot of that was my opinion on myself. That wasn't from other people. That was just me. Um, So I wanted to invest in myself. I, um knew I was in like the area of what I wanted to work in but I wasn't fulfilling my potential or it wasn't like exactly what I wanted um I suppose to look at and I like I also wanted probably had lost a bit of confidence in myself not gonna lie and it's something that I was just like I really want to invest into myself I want to put myself out of my comfort zone and do something that is really worthwhile and make a difference. Like I probably want I've be something I probably wanted to do, wanted to do, but like I probably needed a push to do it. And I felt that like it sounded like amazing and it was something that would really challenge me and open me up and meet people and just open my eyes to a whole different world, I guess. Um so what it is, it's it's a lead it's a leadership um program offered by the gpa to all current and past uh, ga hurling ladies football and camogie members um, and it's a 12-month program and essentially like it's like it's a leadership program but like it works on all different facets of leadership communication skills um your areas of development being a leader in the community uh and but I would say like also with that just really investing in yourself that's what I would say to people how it, it like puts you in uh really challenging and um like situations you get to he- uh, hear and listen to unbelievable leaders in business sports uh music um across like everything um you have um you have like a development day as well which essentially is like you have to do um four different sort of tasks that work on all different areas of your leadership skills and um from that you get like a reflective but I don't know if I'm giving away the whole course here now I don't know if Martin Kelly will be given out to me <laughs> uh but yeah and then you 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 find your areas of weakness and your areas of strength and you work with a development coach and it really hones it on, in on them areas and how you want to progress. But it literally, it's kind of hard to like sum it all up because it, some everything opens a different door to something else. Like I genuinely can't, like your eyes just become opened so much and... I had the most amazing experience of it like we were I suppose like most of ours was online so it was you know remote but got to meet the crew like once or twice um I missed one but like it was just like I genuinely couldn't speak highly enough of it and like it's something so fulfilling and rewarding and just so much amazing people and experience over the last year.
0: From listening to what you've described there, so it it doesn't sound like it's like a traditional learn, learning format where you're just sitting there and kind of reading through notes and then you take it away and do an exam or or you do an assignment. It seems it sounds like. I mean, I I've I done the program in an earlier year, but what you're describing there is that sense of like an exper experiential kind of um learning environment and a social learning environment. What did. What did doing that kind, the, the work in that way, teach you about yourself? What was something kind of big that you took away that really had an impact on on who you are as a person?
1: It was amazing, like working with like minded people, and it was just like I remember the first day, like you were in a room, like we were in sort of breakout rooms in Zoom, and like there was some big, pretty big names, like do you know, ones you've heard of, like, and like everyone was there for different reasons, but also for the same reason. Um, Like, they wanted to get better. And, like, I suppose, like, touching to, like, life off the pitch. Also, like, do you know a leader on the pit, But, like, more so, like, life off the pitch and, like, how could they invest in themselves and how to get better. And, like, yeah, like, reflection was huge. Like, um, like I think the way that I sort of looked at it is, like, And one of the reasons probably going back to your previous question was like when you're playing Gaelic and you invest in nutrition and sports science and S&C and you get feedback from your coaches. But yet I know from a personal experience, like, did I do that from like a career or role point of view? Not like no, like, um, I sort of knew where I wanted to go, but didn't really know how to get there, if I'm honest. And like, that's, if you probably ask me, like, that's what I look at the Madden at being. Um, And like, also just, yeah, like, as you say there, like, there's so many, like, so everyone learns or gets different, like, learns differently, or I suppose, likes different areas. Like, we had speakers, we had to do, like, reflective pieces. Um, yeah, like I said there, like you had the development day and you got like a 30-page booklet of how you reacted and like your strength and weaknesses, like verbally communicating your presentation skills. Like you literally got this Bible and was like, this is how, this is your your areas of weaknesses, strengths. And then you worked with your development coach and like you could just tailor what you want, like your year to be or how like what you wanted from the mad and that's I suppose the special thing is like there's what 26 people in it and I'd say every single person if you asked them for like a review of it it was completely different um and I think that's the really important part of it and I know we spoke before the we went on here and like I like you get a personal development coach and like I can't speak of my one highly enough like she was just absolutely amazing and like I easily just like yeah she was class it's just it's just such a good it's such an amazing opportunity for anyone and I would I would encourage everyone to do it because it just opens your eyes like completely if it wasn't for the Madden I wouldn't have taken the next step in my career do you know like a hundred percent and if it wasn't from my like my, and I said like uh, for my personal development coach like I would have I know we'll speak about it later I, I would have seen that job and I'm not saying I wouldn't have applied for it but like would I have put in the same work would I have been as prepared and confident and like do you know confident in myself and my ability is it like a practitioner to do you know what I'm, I'm good enough to get this job and um, so like I can easily say I'm not on commission for the Jim Madden either, by the way. But <laughs> like, I can easily say that, like, do you know what? What it's been, it's been massive for me, um, and taking that next step, and it's something that I'm really, really excited for.
0: You, you said you were doing something where you felt like you weren't fulfilling your potential. What was that, and then what did that lead you to?
1: Like, I worked with Statsports um, for the guts in nearly four years. It just finished up in just before before Christmas and again like unbelievable four years like probably didn't really know what I wanted to do I wanted to work in professional sports I wanted to work with elite athletes um but in what capacity I didn't really know um and like the last four years I just got my eyes open to unbelievable opportunities amazing company Irish company, one of the best in the world. It's story is unbelievable for anyone who doesn't know stats sports are is the wee GPS trackers that they wear in the sports bras that all the like the clientele they have is Brazil. Um, they have like the all of England, FA, Man United, Man City, Arsenal, Liverpool, you name it. Like it's unbelievable. very got elite to travel level. The world yeah and also like loads of GA teams as well um like so that like being thrown into that environment and applied for an internship there and had an amazing four years like genuinely got to meet so many amazing people within the company and also like gave me so many opportunities um like i like i went in and was part of the backroom team of um the IRFU women for the Six Nations for two campaigns um and met like some great like coaches there like Ed Slattery took me under his wing and i i reached out to him cuz i i wanted to look for to get involved with the teams and that and like had such an amazing time with them and then i was lucky enough to be a part of the FAI women's for the last two and a half years. Um, it's actually like the, my first my first camp with them um, Sports work with the women uh, the FAI women and the the men and the under 21s national team so what it would mean is like a sports scientist from Statsports would co- go into camp with them. And I remember like we won we won Ulster, I can't remember what year it was but we went down then and it was like around Robin. We had Tyrone and Mayo in our group and we got beat by Tyrone and we had to beat Mayo by five points and we got beat. Or we had to win we do yeah, beat Mayo by five points and we got beat. Uh, we got beat by about seven. It was such a disappointing year. Um but then I was given the opportunity to go to the USA with the Ireland women's the football team and we played the USA which are world champions in their victory tour in the Rose Bowl so they
0: just won the World Cup right
1: yeah yeah so they won the World Cup and what happens is they have a victory tour so they like some nation or countries go over and play them so it could be all over America we were lucky we got to go to the Rose Bowl in California so like literally the day after, two days after we got beat, probably, it's probably the best thing for me because I was absolutely sick, like, that we had lost. Like, I was devastated and I didn't really have time. I sort of jumped on a plane and out to LA with, like, a squad and team that, like, I didn't know i had heard of names, obviously, but, like, I was, like, right, um, and just had, like, oh, it was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I remember, like, we played them in the Rose Bowl uh, in Pasadena. And it was, like, I don't know what Cedars size. There's 80-something thousand Cedar. I remember, like, uh, I remember, like, obviously they were there for them, all the fans, like, there's celebrities on the, like, Kobe Bryant. Like, I remember clearly, like, he walked past me with his daughters, like, just on the sideline. Like, it was just, and, like, seeing them play, like, Just the setup and the profile the USA had um, was unbelievable. And it probably was like, I want to work here. Like, I want to work in the US. Do you know, um, someday, I was just like, someday, I just sort of had. I remember standing on the pitch and was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. Um, And yeah, like, I had an unbelievable two and a half years with the Ireland team. Like, I actually love, I loved being part of it. I loved the the players the guards like the staff got to meet like oh uh, unbelievable I was crying leaving like I actually such an unbelievable group of players um like genuinely such a family and like I like I'll be the proudest person ever hopefully when they qualify for their first major term, tournament in the World Cup and being inv being involved with them and probably being the other side of do you know, like you're not a player, like some of the guards were older than me or the same age but like it's a different sort of fulfilment as in like, you know, as a player and you talk about like that team and getting across the line but I knew working with them that like this is, I wanted to do this full time so like how it looked was like say in the international window you'd go in with them and then like the other time you'd just be doing your other job which I knew like I'm a people's person, like I want, I want to make a impact on people I want to be working full-time and so I I knew like that opened my eyes like I want to work here with this full-time um in what capacity and I sort of knew that like there's probably nothing like that um in Ireland like full-time do you get me so I sort of knew that I was going to have to go maybe abroad at some stage but like I like, when I, like, I love, I love that team, like, their class. Like, they have such an, even when you see the progression levels and some of the names and, yeah, like, had such amazing memories. And it was, it was tough saying goodbye to them because, like, you were there from the start. Like, you were there for the whole, uh try to qualify for the the Euros. And it was absolutely devastating. And then you're halfway through the World Cup cycle do you know and I guess you have to step away it was tough like um but they were all like they were all great like as in they knew that I wanted to do it full time and they gave me a nice send off like and as I said like I still be in touch with most of the staff there and um the players as well like so um yeah I'll be I'll be shouting them on from afar but yeah they're, they're a great a great group and I suppose if I never was given that opportunity through stat sports to be involved with them, like, I wouldn't have known probably, oh, this is what I want to do, if you get me. So, um, yeah, that, that would be... And then, like, my other... Like, so the other role, what you do... Like, I was traveling all over the world. So, like, what it would be is, like, say if a club bought your the stat sports system, you would go out and set them up and show them how to use it. So, like, I met unbelievable people, like got to spend a week with the Brazil national team women in Portugal before the World Cup, like, got to go to China, Azerbaijan. I went to Michael Essie and I'm a ma- massive Chelsea fan, grew up supporting Chelsea. Like, my first day in this club in Azerbaijan and Baku, Michael Essien and signs with them through the door and I'm like, like, do you know, and like all over Scandinavia, Europe, do you know, like... Y- like it's unbelievable and again like there it was very hard to say goodbye to them um as well because when you're in the place nearly four years do you know um and you've seen the company grow so yeah that's that's the i suppose what my role was
0: there's obviously like a lot of excitement with that in terms of traveling around huge learning meeting different people seeing different environments but ultimately it sounds like you had a craving or a desire to kind of be embedded in with a group more and to have that connection and to really that kind of sense of team, tribe, belonging. Is that something that's, I suppose, driven you to where you are? And then if you want to talk about kind of your next step in terms of working with the US international soccer setup.
1: Yeah, so like one with stats sports, like you have to be very good at being by yourself because a lot of the time when you were traveling, like like you were by yourself essentially until you went into the team. um. So you needed to be very good with your own company and you could be away for like 10 days by yourself. You could be on a road trip or whatever. But um, yeah, like definitely like it was like that team environment. I just loved the buzz of it. Like I loved going into ca- like camp. It was like, well, that's what I got, like international camp. And you'd go away for... 10 days or 14 days and it was just a bubble. Like you literally, once you went in there, everyone used to just be like, oh, here, there's no point contacting you when you're in there because you'd be waiting a month for a response. It's just, I love the buzz of it. And like, it was just, it's just the being around people. And I think, I think that's the, what another thing COVID probably sort of taught me. It was like, everything was becoming more remote and I really struggled with that like I, I think it sort of gave me indicated more that like I just need. I love being around people. I love that environment. I love like just the buzz and the adrenaline of it, and the like it's fast pace and just everything about it. Like working with different people. Like you're working with the doc, the medic, the ta- uh, technical staff, the players, like. You're like you're just interacting all the time with everyone, and I love like I love that, and yeah, I just love the buzz of it. And then I applied for um, a job at US Soccer for the Women's youth team, sports scientist uh, last year, and was successful. So you must be buzzing, are you? Ah, oh, Jesus! Like I'm counting down the days here. Uh, I've known for a while, which is hard, and obviously with visa and COVID and embassy appointments and. Uh, all applications and stuff like I feel like it was yesterday I was told but I also like it can't come quick enough in a way as well and it's nice as well the start of a new year to get stuck into it and I'm I'm so excited for like the opportunity the opportunities and like just what the next like what the next six months year is going to look like I just I can't wait like I Yeah, like I'm just, I've nearly my bag's packed there. Um, So yeah, really excited. Don't know anyone, I know one person in Chicago, so anyone listening that is out there, (laughs) (laughs) you need a friend. But yeah, no, I'm really excited. Don't think they'll understand me, but sure, look, that's half the battle.
0: My last question for you, Kate, is in terms of that role and, and what you're going to do, I like clearly, can, the excitement is is oozing off you. There, just kind of on a day to day level, what? Do you, uh, and I know when we're we're having this conversation now, and you haven't started yet. But on a day to day level, what what does that look like for anyone that's maybe listening that doesn't is not fully sure of sports science and that kind of background? What's your day to day role going to be, and what you think it's going to look like?
1: Yeah, so like it will just it'll depend on. So like I'm over essentially like the under the team, so like under twenty three under 20 under 17 under 15 um but with under 17 and 20 they're both world cup years so like they'd be given probably well from what i can gather like the biggest priority cuz they're com- obviously have them coming up this year um so like when you're in national team camp you would be in charge of all the like your job the daily the daily monitor and daily wellness You talk about like their strength and conditioning, the nutrition, um, the periodization of the week, what that looks like. You have to liaise with the technical staff and see what way they want to play and how you can embed um, and structure the week and what that looks like. Um, You'll be reaching out to like um, the clubs before they get in. So like you need to see what the players load are coming into camp and how we can basically get like have the player availability and freshness and to reduce injury and performance. Like from a coach's point of view, they want everyone available for like all the games. And a lot of the time with the youth, you might go into like a three week camp or a two week camp or a 10 day camp, say, and you could have three games in the space of 10 days and you have to manage players, loads, squad rotations, everything like that. So it's basically you're involved with like the screening test and wellness monitoring, GPS, heart rate data, um, and, and essentially maximizing the the performance levels of the girls when they're in camp and just making from a from a team point of view as many players as possible available. Um, that's it. Put simply, um, I'm really interested to see. Um, what the environment looks like. Like my first camp, I'm actually go- going in with the first team for the She Believes tournament. So I'm heading straight to LA um, and I'm just going to be like, like I'm going to be in with the first team and obviously my uh, boss and the head of performance for the women's side, like I have a huge opportunity to go in and like l- like see what that's like firsthand, you know, so like I'm, like, I'm absolutely buzzing for that. Like I, I was saying to you earlier, it's, you say, the Stars line or things have come full circle. Do you know, standing there in Pasadena with the Irish women's team playing the USA and a couple of years on, you're telling me that my first camp is going to be with the U- going into the USA women, working with them in California. It's a bit, I have to pinch myself a wee bit, but... I'm just, I'm excited to learn and as a sports scientist and learn from the people around you, like within the federation, across the men, the men's teams, the women's teams, the youths, like the interaction with clubs, the players. And what I mentioned to you there, like being around like that buzz in the environment, making a difference, like making friendships and see, like trying to have it, trying to have like, Trying to see, like it's it's different because you get different buzzes of different things. Like you could be working with like an athlete who has had an injury or got an injury early on in the camp and like they they don't think they're gonna make the this game and like in an international window because it's so like scattered out, like if you it's in a short period, like it's 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 a hugely tough like if you get an injury, say earlier on in the camp or Because you could be just sent home and like playing for your country um, is such like, uh, like I never did, but do you know, it's such, it's the pinnacle. Like you just, you want to play for your country and then if you come in, so like little things that when players say get injured and they actually then go on and play the game or do you know, seeing, like seeing people like, I don't know, like succeed with goals or it can be different for everyone, but like, the, the people and the culture and all that there is what I get my buzz off is just learning off people. Like I think the big thing is just how much I'm going to learn out there and the experiences. I can't wait. I
0: mentioned earlier in the podcast that we would share some information regarding concussion. So I wanted to highlight that the GPA have teamed up with UPMC, the official healthcare partner of the GPA and GAA, to introduce a Concussion Baseline Testing and Treatment Pilot Programme. The initiative began last June with counties across football, hurling and camogie and will run until the end of the 2022 Championships. This gives intercounty players access to UPMC's National Concussion Network and more specialised treatment for a gradual return to play. I've included the link to this partnership in the show description. Two things I wanted to add on concussion for all our listeners is that one, it is important to know that an athlete does not have to lose consciousness to be concussed, and two, most athletes suspected of concussion will want to play on, especially if it's an important game. It is vital that the decision to continue to play is not left up to the athlete. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Player's Voice podcast, brought to you by the Gaelic Players Association in collaboration with Real Talks. To get all future episodes, make sure to subscribe by searching The Player's Voice on whichever podcast platform you prefer. And don't forget, you can find out more about the GPA's BO360 program at wwwbio 360gayleplayerscom My name is Alan O'Mara, and I'm so proud to be part of these honest and insightful conversations. To find out more about my work as a performance and well-being consultant, please go to www.realtalks.ie. Or find me on Twitter and Instagram at AOM The Cat. Thanks for listening.